Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Juliet, hi. Good to see you again. Christy Lee, lovely to see you. How are you going? I'm going great. I feel like I have been chatting to business owners about this topic that we're going to talk about today a lot lately. It keeps popping up. Oh, my goodness. I agree. So we're talking about boundaries today. And in fact, um, I talked about them in a workshop recently. And a few of the people in the workshop, whilst they could say, oh, yeah, actually, I do have a boundary around that, had never actually thought about it in those terms and didn't have any language to talk about it. So I think we should talk about this um, and what it means and why it matters too. Absolutely. Because I think what I notice is that it's something we all really struggle with, whether we're in a leadership role or whether we have our own business, we're not naturally very good sometimes at setting boundaries or maybe we are in our minds, but articulating them is a whole other issue. And then upholding them is even harder, it seems. I think that's right. And I think... um, so often we aren't able to articulate them until somebody crosses them. Because mm. I think, I mean, everyone has boundaries, obviously, and everybody's boundaries are different. Yes. And so whilst we might feel this is a really clear boundary, it might be for us, mm. but for someone else it's not. And I, I know I'm sometimes quite confronted when somebody tells me what their boundary is if it's not a boundary I have. Right. And I know a couple of times... Um, people said, "Oh no, I don't do that." And and my first thought is, "What?" You know, <laughs> but I would do that. Yeah, you know. And I think I find that really interesting. But I really respect them because they're able to say, "No, actually, that just doesn't work for me." Mm. Um, but I do think most often the boundary has to be crossed for us to actually realize it exists. Do you mm. find that? I think so. Yeah, and I think it's realizing that that's where the boundary line is it's kind of we sort of know it's there um but it's not until it's crossed and it really then it's that feeling isn't it where it gets under our skin and niggles at us and bothers us that sometimes prompts us to actually say actually I'm not okay with this yes I think that's right Mm. I, I also think and perhaps this is a cultural thing I think it can feel really awkward to set a boundary for us Mm -hmm. you know to actually say up front I don't do it. I think sometimes we wait to see whether it will be pushed rather than have to go through the, oh, yes, I've thought about this and actually here's my boundary. Yes. And I think I think you're right in the point around we don't have great language around it, so therefore it is difficult because yeah. when there's no common, you know, it would feel weird in a lot of workplaces to say, actually, I've got a boundary around that. Like it's not yes. language we use, is it? Yeah. No, exactly. No, 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 it's not. I also think... Too. I mean, if we're going to talk about having a language, there are boundaries around a whole lot of different stuff. Yeah. One of the ones in this workshop when we talked about different types of boundaries, um, I was intrigued by the ones some people said were the most important for them because I think there are, I think there are emotional boundaries mm. 
Um, and I think they often get pushed and manipulated sometimes, mm. which is not great. I mean, there's physical boundaries, which we're probably the most conscious of. Yeah. Um, I think there are material boundaries too. Okay. So, you know, when people borrow our stuff or use our stuff or come yes. into our space, into our homes and work and things like that. Um, and time. And this mm. is probably my weakest one is time. I don't really have a lot of boundaries around time. <laughs> but I know people who do. Um, yes. And I think when you don't have strong boundaries, you can absolutely cross other people's boundaries on that one. Mm. And I think there's boundaries around the work that we do as well, the expectations that we set, yes. the communication boundaries that we might want to put in place around how much communication, when, what format. I think that can be one of the ones in a workplace that can throw up a lot of challenges for people. And their ability to do our job without sort of drama mm. or without people interfering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Interestingly, and, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask, in your uh, workshop where participants yeah. were talking about this, what were the the big types of boundaries that people seem to be concerned about or not really great at upholding? It's really interesting. So for a number of women in the workshop, they said the physical boundary. Oh. Still, you oh. know, 2023, and they talk about guys coming and putting their arm around them wow. in a sort of jokey, overly familiar way. One of them said she has a workmate who still tries to kiss everybody on the cheek but as a sort of hello or a goodbye if they possibly can. Mm, that feels Overly Weird. familiar for a workplace. Really, way too familiar. Um, and so we talked about trying to use humour to deflect some of that, mm -hmm. and particularly that COVID has been our friend in this respect. Absolutely. Yes. Because, you know, we talked about that, oh, come on, you know, it's 2023, it's post-COVID, we don't do that anymore. You know, trying to use humour so that it doesn't become a drama mm. and so that they feel able to say that without feeling um, that they're being really awful. Yeah. Uh, but I think the physical one can make us feel so uncomfortable and then we're sort of constantly on the watch for it is what I heard. So, you know, we're trying to kind of protect our physical space. Yes. When yeah. that happens. I'm um, so surprised that that I know, is an so ongoing I. issue. Yes. But it makes me realise I'm, I'm obviously working with men who've got a bit more awareness around this stuff. Yeah. Um, and who wouldn't dream of doing that. Um, so, yes, but the physical one. And for a number of the men, they talked about the material boundaries, this idea that, yeah, people use their stuff or borrow their stuff mm. and it doesn't come back in the same way. You yeah. know, it'll be damaged or it just doesn't come back at all and they just think that's okay. Yeah. And not feeling able to say this, particularly to mates, mm. you know, this, well, yeah, you can borrow the bike or the boat or whatever it is. But I actually want it cleaned and I want it, you know, put yeah. some petrol in it if you use the petrol sort of thing, you know, really simple things that they felt were being, were boundaries being pushed. And because it leads you to feel like you're being taken advantage of in all of those circumstances. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Yes. And that's a horrible feeling, I think, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think that to me is the most powerful thing about setting boundaries. Whilst it can feel awkward and you can feel really hard-nosed when you set a boundary and say, actually, that's not okay, mm. or I don't do that, or please don't do that. 
the reality is that once we've done it, it feels really good. Mm. You know, we feel so much stronger, I think. And um, whilst I don't love the word empowered, I think it is empowering. Yeah. And I think we have a perception that by setting a boundary, people are not going to like it. And I don't think that's the case. I think people are happy to know the boundary and to know that, okay, great. Now I know that. And I'm happy to work within that. It's when they don't know. And then, and this is what I see happen a lot uh, with employers in particular, they might have a boundary in their mind. Let's say it's that you arrive at work 15 minutes early. And then over time that boundary is crossed and crossed and crossed until the point, but they don't say anything because they don't want to seem petty or like they're nitpicking or that they don't trust the employee. And then it gets to the point that one day the employee turns up 15 minutes late and the employer absolutely blows their mind and just gets really angry. Yeah. And it's that you've let that slide for so long. The employee is just seeing you react to that last little 30 seconds, not this incremental change. And I think um, I see that happen a lot where if you'd just been clear from the beginning, it would have been a non-issue. Yeah. I think that's so true because it's not a boundary for the person who's coming a little bit later every time, obviously. just doesn't. That's not on their radar. No, they're probably thinking, well, my work's getting done. Yes. And it probably is. Um, And we all seem happy with this arrangement. And we're all getting along well. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think, too, we're so, you know, from childhood, we're taught to bend ourselves and to flex to make other people comfortable. Mm. And I think this can be a really hard one to shake. So when it's generational. Yes. And when, so in our expectation, as you say, our expectation is, yep, sure, you start at this time, but that means you'll turn up 15 minutes early, you'll get organised, you'll make your cup of tea, so you're ready to go. Yeah, you're working time. at that time, yes. not walking in. Yeah. Yes. I think it but, is really generational as well yeah. because we certainly were brought up that you would bend over backwards to have a job, to do a great job, to go the extra mile. Yeah. And last night actually on TV there was a story about a young person working at uh, fast. It was a fast food restaurant. It was KFC. Mm-hmm. And in their agreement, they had a 10-minute rest break if you worked more than four hours and they yeah. weren't getting their rest break. And it's gone to the media because they weren't getting oh. their rest break because oh. they're entitled to this rest break. And my husband said to me, what's going on there? Like, there's no way we would have said anything in our, you know, younger years yeah. at our job yeah. if we didn't get our rest break. We just got on with it. Like, yeah. um, But they're very happy, the younger generation, to hold that boundary, to be clear Actually. about their boundaries. and. Yes unashamedly be you know be very vocal about what those boundaries are and what they are and aren't willing to accept and I think it's I think it's fascinating to watch so do I and I think you're absolutely right because as you say we would have just thought oh okay well I don't want to upset anybody and it's only 10 minutes yeah so I'll just keep working and you know hopefully at some point they'll recognize that and give me some time somewhere. Yeah. But we wouldn't raise it. And I agree with you. I think there's a generation coming through who are very aware of boundaries, very mm-hmm. aware of their rights, very aware of what they're comfortable with. And if it's of this idea that it's okay to say if you're not comfortable, mm-hmm. it's yeah. okay to set boundaries. You don't have to wait for them to be pushed. Um, but, yes, obviously if you're not also comfortable pushing them yeah. If they're not being um, upheld. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and I think it will change the way we work because yeah. it's not, it's not that they're being spiteful or um, no. lazy or any of those things. They're just yeah. saying, hold on, 
there's yeah. a rule here and I'd like to keep that rule upheld. And yes. I, I, I'm seeing it in lots of different workplaces in industries that are, uh, you know, I've got a, a business I'm working with at the moment that they're working stupid hours. And one yeah. of the younger staff has just said, actually, unless I'm going to get time in lieu, I'm not doing that. And I was, I was, well, I know the, the CEO was very shocked and not so happy, but, you know, I said, this is the way they're going to work and yes. you can't treat them like it's the 1980s because that's not going to roll. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is the challenge, I think, for so many senior leaders particularly mm. and business owners is that, and I put myself in this category, we've come from a generation where you just did whatever it took. Yep. And you didn't have really clear boundaries or you didn't really enforce your boundaries mm. um, and you just put up with things. And I think it's fantastic that there's a generation coming through who isn't prepared to do that. Mm. Now, there's all sorts of implications for all of that, obviously, as well. And it means we do need to be really conscious about how we design work yeah. these days in a way that I think we probably weren't even 20 years ago. I'd agree. And and I actually think COVID has pushed us where we would have yeah. ended up in 10 or 15 years yeah. in, in two or three years. I think it's just expedited the change that was coming anyway because people had to suddenly become very conscious of boundaries because they didn't have the fixed location boundary of going into an office or home from an office, so they had to create boundaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know working with teams in that first sort of 12 months of lockdowns in Melbourne, mm. that was a real struggle for people because they felt like they were working all hours. Yeah. They were available all hours. So there was this uh, working really late, working first thing in the morning, not really taking breaks on the weekend because work was just there. It was on the kitchen table or, you know, tucked in the corner, but it was visible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're right. I think from that has evolved this much clearer sense of boundaries because you can't do that for too long no. without starting to say, actually, this is not right. This yep. doesn't work for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's not sustainable. No, no. And I think it is, again, one of those situations where until it's crossed, until we're, you know, quite a way down that rabbit hole, yeah. it's hard to identify and articulate that as well. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. I don't think this is a matter of, everybody's sitting around in a circle and saying, well, what's your boundary around no. this or that? You know, I just don't think that's a conversation that's ever going to happen. And if it does, I think you're not going to be open and honest about it most of the time would be my sense. Do you mm. think that's fair? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think until we can get some common language in any team, and it'll yeah. be different for every team around this, then yes. um, it's very hard for people to be honest about it. So... I think it's around creating communication channels where people feel comfortable and safe, to be honest. Totally. And to, you know, and I don't, I don't even think the word boundary is ever going to factor into that lingo. I think it'll be. No, I agree. This is my expectation might be the word that is used or um, I've got a, you know, hard finish at 6 PM. I'm not contactable after that. Yeah. I think the word boundary is problematic from a workplace lingo perspective. I don't think we'll ever be, I don't think it'll ever fit in. No, and I think it, it, it becomes part of this conversation about how do we as a team want to work? Yes. So I'm working with um, a team at the moment on essentially what they're calling a, a code of conduct or a team charter. Um, you know, and we've talked about this before about what's okay and what's not okay in the team. Um, and so boundaries have, 
been part of that conversation. But as you say, the word boundary is never mentioned. It's no. just how do we want to work with one another? So part of that that is please don't send emails at 10 o'clock at night because it creates an expectation that somebody needs to be responding to that. Mm-hmm. And if they see it first thing in the morning, you know, they're going to think, oh, gosh, I, I should respond to that now um, because, you know, 9 o'clock's looking a bit late sort of thing. Yes. So having those conversations, the word boundary never gets mentioned. No. But as you say, this idea that, yes, your job starts at 9, but my expectation is you're going to be ready to go at 9. You're not going to be in the kitchen making a cup of tea at 9 o'clock. Yeah. So having that conversation is the important thing. And I agree with you. I don't think we say, look, I have a firm boundary yeah. around this. We say this is what I expect. Or as a team, mm-hmm. how do we want to do this Yeah. so that we are as productive as possible but that so that it works for everybody? Yeah, yeah. I like the word expectation and yeah. I do like I love it when teams come up with a lot of this together and I've oh, worked with teams yes. that have we've workshopped um, I love to use the framework, the above the line, below the line behaviours kind of yeah. framework with teams because they yeah. kind of, it can, everyone gets it really quickly. Totally. And yeah. it's just saying, yeah, when it comes to email communication, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not going to do. And yeah. that creates the boundaries. Yeah, I think totally. And the more open you can be, the more you can let people have those conversations, the more likely they are to own it as well but also to hold one another accountable because mm. if the team has come up with something they're going to be much more able to say I, I thought we agreed we weren't going to do this mm-hmm. you yes. know, to one another so they're not relying on you enforcing that they're more works, able to do it themselves works so much better when yeah. peers are keeping peers accountable absolutely I've seen it in so many businesses I know that um, a business that I previously worked with they they used the above the line below the line methodology yeah. Yeah. And they talked about it at every team meeting. And the owner said to me, it's great because I don't have to ever say anything to anyone because they're yeah. all saying it through each other. Like they yeah. they made it okay in that workplace yeah. for, you know, again, using humour, saying, oh, I think you're a bit below the line there. And they would, and it, she said it was brilliant in yes. terms of working. Yeah. No, I've used, I use it with teams a lot too. And I agree. And I think it is, I, I always say to the teams, yes, everything's digital, but Actually printing out your above and below the line and putting them on a wall somewhere is really powerful Yes, because yes. people get to say, hang on a second, yeah, yeah. Um, look, it's there sort of thing. Um, and it just keeps it visible for people. Yeah. So, yeah, I like the visibility of it too. I think it works really, really well. Yes. And you can, you know, you include it in inductions and you talk about it, take it out and shake it around every now and again. I love that. Take it out sure and that- shake it around every now and again. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of the taking things out and shaking them out around. I, I, I might borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, you know, I was talking the other day about difficult people, and I think all of these things, if we don't talk about them, they fester away. Mm. So I think if you have a problem with somebody because there's a bit of a mismatch about your expectations and their expectations, the longer it festers the worse it is. If you take that out and shake it around and say, hang hang on, so this is my expectation, but I feel like we're not on the same page here. Suddenly you kind of get a bit of sunlight on the whole thing and you can sort it out. Yeah. But unless we have the courage to do that, I think this sort of stuff becomes really difficult and creates friction where it doesn't need to. 
I couldn't agree more. And I'm thinking of a scenario I had to help navigate just last week with a team. Mm-hmm. And the smallest of issues became bigger than Ben-Hur. Right. Got the two people involved on a Zoom and I said, oh, let's get this all out on the table. And it was such a non-issue in the yeah. end. The core yeah. issue was such a non-issue. And they both acknowledged if we just had a conversation about this, it would have mm-hmm. never got to this point. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame that it had to get to that point. But it, it all just everything, you know, so much can be solved by simply having good conversations. I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think boundaries is definitely one of those. Mm, absolutely. Mm. I love a chat about boundaries. Um, mm. And in our next episode, we might talk about how to plant some boundaries because we're going to be chatting about planning, which is always a great topic. Absolutely. And I think timely at this stage. I mean, it's good any time of the year, but I think when we're heading towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. it's it's sort of on our minds, isn't it? So, yes, great. I'll see you then. Thanks, Juliette. See you then. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.